Welcome to Heather Bray 1854 Talks, a podcast that began with the restoration of Heather Bray, a grand Victorian mansion in Caulfield, Melbourne, Australia, and a podcast that now explores heritage, history, architecture, art and design. In this episode, we'll be exploring the transformative power of paint and its ability to open up a world of colour and texture with our special guest, Brent Seach, painter, vision translator, and Porter's Paints Guild member. And I'm Ann Baker, joined today by my fabulous co-host, Julie Federa. Well, not quite as fabulous as our guest today, Annie. Uh, Very excited to get this underway. So, Julie, we know that in the restoration of Heather Bray, you've been searching high and low for the highest quality finishes and products uh, and the most talented designers and makers. How did you meet Brent? Well, we're very lucky in Australia. We have very talented artisans. Um, but the way that I discovered Brent is through Instagram. Uh, I put up the Heather Bray 1854 Instagram page in April and it suggests um, like-minded individuals. And I saw this uh, handle come up on my feed for what I thought at the time was Brent Search Painter. <laughs> um, and I thought that's a clever, clever handle. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, my gosh, he's got 10,000 followers or whatever it was at the time. This this is a fellow I want to deep dive into. I had a look at your page. Um, and then uh, we started talking and uh, you were coming down to Melbourne and I invited you over to have a chat at Heather Bray. Um, and the funny thing is that it wasn't until recently, in fact, in the preparation for this podcast that I realised it was actually Brent Seach Painter. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a common thing. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's but yeah, I thought, you know, that was the handle. So the people went search painter, oh, they'd come to you, but I read it wrong. <laughs> you're, you're giving me too many, too many kudos for the intelligence <laughs> side of things, Julie. So oh, no, sad. it's, um, yeah, it's blessed with the last name of Siege, which yeah. um, I'm glad you did find me. Yeah, me too. How would you describe the work you do? Oh, the, the work that I do, I basically probably call myself more of a vision translator. So I have to... Uh, I love that. See the mm-hmm. see the thirty thousand foot view that a designer or someone has, and and basically put it onto a wall or a ceiling mm-hmm. and and try to capture what they want to. Brent, I um, really loved something you said, which is, "I don't paint walls; I create spaces." Yeah, I mean, that's great. I, I, I think we can now tell stories with color that we just couldn't do mm-hmm. with words. So. You want a beautiful dining room? Well, let's create it. If you want a beautiful bedroom, let's let's create it that can create the emotion you're looking to get. And it's so much more than just slapping something on a wall, isn't it? And yeah. As a, as a someone who started as a home renovator, I've always highly valued paint as a way to transform a space. It's it, and in the in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what it takes to transform a bathroom, mm. the paint side of it is relatively inexpensive. Even as a bespoke finish in a bedroom, it's relatively inexpensive compared to the rest of the things that we do. Like moving a wall is reasonably expensive, whereas painting a beautiful finish in a bedroom to to create an emotion Mm. is not quite as... It's funny that you should mention that actually because Vince and I this morning were talking about that very thing. Um, You know, 
with all of the uh, orders that we have to have in place in order to reach our target of moving in in April, you know, there are lead times. Uh, in particular, we were talking about the lead time for the silk wallpaper in the dining room, which is a bespoke, you know, it's made for that room. And I was just saying to Vince that I don't think I want the pressure of that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint the walls first and see how I feel. That'll cost, you know, $50, $100. Um, we can move in and then we can reconsider whether we actually need paper at all. You know, we could just go with the paint and see how that That's sits. a really smart idea, especially to get in tune with the colours to make sure you've, you're comfortable. Before you commit to the... Yeah. X thousands of dollars in silk paper or whatever it is we're putting it, yeah, in Yeah, I mean, when you order something like de Gournay, mm. that's it. Yeah, and, that's right. And then if you, heaven forbid, change your mind, mm. you'll second guess that change of mind because you've outlaid so much money on buying it, mm. $4,000 a panel or whatever it is, whereas with paint, it can move with you, with your family, with your like how many kids have had different colours through their rooms signifying different ages, different parts of their life they're going through. So it's, it, it is easy to change. Yeah. And it's easy to. And it's a uh, lot more cost effective oh, to change. 100%. In some ways what you're doing at the real cutting edge of paint, uh, Brent, is you're giving almost a wallpaper finish. In, yeah. in the things that you do, it is so much more there's so much more depth and so much more interest and texture in what you do than the standard things that i was doing back in the day (laughs) or or now like when we do when i when i first start talking to a client about some of the the finishes we do it's bespoke in the truest sense of the word i could do a lot of these finishes a thousand times and never do it the same way twice Mm. whereas with a wallpaper with a, any sort of wall covering like that, it is a repeatable pattern. So you will consistently get the same thing. Whereas mm. even the type of wall you have, the type of colours you have, how we do it, it, all these sorts of things we can really customise to what you want to do to the room mm. and and create the emotion you're looking for. So Brent, you've been a painter now for 33 years, long career, and during that time you've worked with a whole suite of products, I'm sure. We know that you have a very close association with Porter's Paints. Can you tell us about what it means to be a Guild member? For me to be a Guild member, it's pretty simple to put into one word really. It's opportunity. So for me it's the opportunity to align my brand with quite possibly the the largest or best known, I wouldn't say largest, but best known bespoke paint manufacturer in Australia that Such does beautiful paints the 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 fact and the people that I get to work with when it comes to to porters from Jenny and Fitzroy to Tim at Wallara to the crew at Paran they're just so amazing so easy to deal with and we've all got a mutual goal of creating beautiful spaces yeah so that's for my me, experience as a consumer as well. For me, it's just about once again finding passion for the trade, loving what you do, and having the opportunity to do amazing finishes for in amazing places for amazing people. I think what I love about that answer, Brent, as someone who is re- is focused now on um, encouraging people into trades and and encouraging them to see it as 
something so valuable as it is, you know, going into people's homes and helping them create their vision, as you call it. Yeah. Um, you know, you speak of it with so much passion and so much um, reward and uh, for all the people. And integrity. Yes, and integrity. That's really what and, comes through. And to all of those young people out there right now wondering what they want to do with their lives, have a, have a listen to Brant and be inspired as we are. Mm. It's, well, thank you. I don't know what to say to that, <laughs> but it just means that at the end of every day you can really look back at your day and think we've created something. And it, it seems like, you know, there's this very sort of scientific element to the paints and, and, and how they're produced and then there's this really organic application process. Yeah. Yeah, I think porters as well, when you look at the way they think about colour, every other paint company in the world, uh, for argument's sake, paints have a colour that's exceptionally popular called uh, greyology. They want that greyology to look exactly the same mm. in every single light. So they're absolutely busting for colour stability. Mm. Whereas Porter's embraces the fact that in nature there's metamerism everywhere. Yeah. So the gum tree in the garden looks silver in the afternoon but looks blue in the morning. Yeah. So Porter's Paints does exactly the same thing. So there's actually a, a very subtle shift in colour in different light levels, different times of day, different seasons. It's Which, interesting actually mm. because what I do and what I've been doing at Heather Bray to find the right colours is painting A4 sheets yes, and having them in all different rooms and experiencing them in all different parts of the day just to make sure that it's right. Oh, yeah. yes. that's And to put it on a sheet, I know uh, I've seen a lot of customers that I'll walk into their house and they're, I, I love the fact that they're excited that we're there, we're doing work, which is amazing but you'll see six paint colours lined up on one wall in yeah. little brush outs and it's sort of like, okay. Um, That's a start. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a, it means the conversation can begin, but yeah. we tend to do 400 by 400 panels and we yeah. take it around the house. We want to see it in the darkest point, in the lightest point, in the morning, in the afternoon. We want to see what that. a huge difference. Oh, so a huge Yeah, okay. you want to know what your yeah. colour is doing. So many people have, and if you've got it as a standalone colour, that that's fantastic. If you've got five in a row, you start comparing the five colours rather than which one is best for your space. Mm. So we, we tend to get a bit confused. Get the one board, move it around the home. That's a really smart It is. And, it, it, you know, hey, as we're talking at the start of the podcast about the cost efficiency of mm. the change that you can make with paint, yeah. um, it doesn't. it's not as cost efficient when you paint the entire outside of the house without testing it properly on all the different uh, Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been looking at a, color, a Porter's Paints colour for the exterior of the home called Old Stone Wall. Um, I'm hoping to try to make the exterior look um, as close as possible to a natural render, but um, you know it looks different on each different fascia, each different turn. So um, yeah, it's it's really really. Because imagine painting the whole external of Heather Bray with a color that didn't work on. Yeah, it's <laughs> a big decision. Yeah, when, big we, when we say it's cost effective on a Heather it Bray, be cost yeah, effective that's that way, yeah, that's it? certainly the exception <laughs> to the rule. But the, the other thing about Porter's um, is, uh, you know, all the beautiful textures in the paints, you know, the options to have. The, the, the textures that we have and the options that we have and all bar some of the decorative effects, what you have inside, you can also have outside. So yeah. most of their products 
are internal and external yeah, rated. Beautiful. So their their eggshells, which is that gorgeous, oh, subtle sheen that favorite. you get. It's it's amazing. You've got amazing. that on the wall at Heather Bray, haven't I you? Do. Yeah. yeah, in a beautiful Waterford color. <laughs> oh, it's so those types of products, and then we've got the stone paints, like stone paint fine, mm. but Heather Bray would be amazing mm. because of the crushed stone that's in it. It's actually self cleaning, so dirt won't stick to it when it mm. rains. The dirt actually falls off. Hallelujah! Wow, and it's, <laughs> that it's, sounds like the cure. It's a yeah. matte. It's a pure matte product, so you, mm. all you get is beautiful color. You don't get the shine and the sheen. Yeah, lovely. It's, it's just gorgeous. Well, that leads us to a conversation about the Duchess satin. Yes. Oh my gosh! So, so I've been um, before I met Brent. Uh, I had been dealing with uh, the gorgeous Elizabeth and and. Um, Brett at Porter's Paints in Paran. Paran, yeah. And Brett is a colour consultant, as most people are that work at, at Porter's, colour yep. consultants or interior designers. And Brett uh, had introduced me to Duchess Satin. Uh, Duchess Satin I had only known up until that point as a fabric <laughs> uh, at, to make dresses, mm. um, a beautiful, shiny, shimmery us. fabric. Yes. And then uh, Brett came running from the back with this sample of a Duchess Satin. I looked at it and went, oh, that's Heather Bray. I have to have no, it. It's beautiful. I have to have it. So it's it's got a beautiful shimmer to it um, and uh, so much movement and, you know, in the paint and a different application, as as Brent has explained to me, you know, you can put it on with a brush um, or, or, you know, a couple of different ways perhaps if you yeah, want to talk yeah, to that. Yeah, so we can either use it as a brush. I mean, I, as I said to you, I did a, a beautiful Bank of London property where they have four-metre ceilings and we did single brush stroke from ceiling to floor. Please wow. don't Which ask me. It sounds like a <laughs> does, it, does that look almost athletic like- yeah. Athletic feet in itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a bit of a nervous wreck afterwards, but it, it looks Is absolutely that a stunning. Is with an automatic up and down? <laughs> that, was, that was part hope, part MacGyver, oh part all of the above. Oh, yeah. But it, it, it almost looks like a, a crushed velvet curtain from ceiling to floor. Oh, Just a amazing. beautiful, the best way to describe um duchess satin to, to anyone that hasn't seen it before mm. if you could imagine the glow that you get from the inside of a pearl oyster yeah that's mm, that's, that's where we're going yeah so beautiful. we can we can change uh change the texture and the look by using muslin cloth by using a spray gun by yeah. using brush all those sorts of things and create different emotions with the same finish. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting at Heather Bray, we're using it, as you know, uh, on the vanities in the bathrooms. Yes. Uh, there are five bathrooms and uh, each has its own personality. So we'll be looking at, for example, using a consistent uh, parquetry marble tile in the floor of the five bathrooms, but they're in a different colour, different type of marble. So one has a green... Um, and Thassos marble, um, and then we're looking at using maybe the, I think it's called the Tunster colour of Duchess Satin, which is slightly green. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Just yeah. can't wait. Sounds very regal, Julie. Yeah, look, I think I think Heather Bray needs in, in our little rebirth of the home, we'd like to add a little bit of um, elevated a and little it's, bit. And it's regal without being... Cheesy, glitzy. Yeah. So it's it's still got that beautiful soft it's not texture. Too much. And yeah. It's just a little bit, just enough to spark the interest, but yeah. not enough to to make you go, oh, okay. 
It's um yeah, yeah it's lovely. It's a lovely and, finish. And on our on our vanities, I think we'll be using the um the brush uh because it kind of gives the grain of timber um in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's and I mean I'm a I'm a sucker for hand painted cabinetry. So yeah. to hand paint Duchess Sutton, yeah, that's that's and amazing. then on the wall we're we're thinking to over the picture rail because we have fourteen over fourteen foot ceilings. Um We'll we'll probably do the marble up to the picture rail, and then over the top of the picture rail and across the ceiling, perhaps a um, muslin cloth. Yeah, the muslin cloth. <laughs> yeah, I showed Julie. I did a project oh. a couple of weeks ago and showed Julie because Gorgeous. we did the muslin on a beautiful old property, and it it's just yeah, it's stunning. Mm. Mm. So sounds like a, a very um a very physical sort of uh, application. Uh, it- it can be. There's several parts of, of Porter's uh, decorative products. All of their acrylics, exceptionally easy to use. Mm. Anyone anyone that listens to this would have the ability to make their house look beautiful with the product. Yeah. Trust me, they make me look good. It's <laughs> not. It's, but so you're very, very modest. modest. <laughs> That's what I was thinking they're, too. They're, but the aqua satins, everything, they, they flow out so well that mm. even someone that isn't as – is confident with the brushes. Some other people can really get a fantastic. I think fantastic that's true, result. but I think I'll end up looking like a mess <laughs> because my uh, my ability to keep that off my face, my clothes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the the decorative effects. There are some that that are reasonably physical. Unfortunately, there's there's no two ways about it. Mm. The, the French wash. Uh, oh yeah, I tried that and failed. <laughs> uh, French wash is there's a little bit of a knack to it. Once you get it, it it's yeah. pretty simple. But you can create some beautiful, beautiful mm. finishes with your French wash. And I I have to say the lime based paints. Oh, um, I tried uh, that. Yes. Uh, first of all, um, you know the viscosity of paint that I'm used to uh, is very different with the lime wash. It's almost like water, isn't it? In the tin lime wash. Well, it is the original paint. Yeah. That was the, it's like the calcimine. calcimine paint, it's it? water, lime and oxide. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. But the, the lime wash, it is so beautiful and soft. If you, Stunning. if you get it, if you, you get it nice and thin, it looks absolutely stunning. And the health benefits of lime, uh, yeah. You, you can't argue with them. It's antimicrobial because the pH level is yeah. so high. Oh, isn't that interesting? See, I love this. So I actually know love that. It absorbs carbon dioxide, so it's fantastic for your air quality. It's and good it's, for your body, your tissues. Oh. Um, the interesting thing uh, with Heather Bray, because it's a lime-based plaster in, substantially in the home yeah. and obviously has the calcimine paint, I, it, it feels different in the atmosphere, I think. It it does, and when you have whether that's psychosomatic or not, yeah. but I feel but that. But that's that's a part of a gorgeous home. Yeah. You want it to feel like home. Mm, yeah. Once you get that feeling, so with the lime based products as well, especially on lime based plaster, with those homes, you need them to breathe. Yeah. And because the lime isn't a film building coating, the, it will breathe. Oh. So the whole house will breathe. I think one of the secrets to why Heather Bray is in such good condition after 100, almost 170 years is that it's lime plaster, calcimine paint, uh, and it has some um, air, uh, uh, what do they call it, breathing tunnels at the bottom of the walls and, breathe, uh, and you know, um, vents, ventilation in the ceiling that as well. That struck me at Heather Bray as to how much was original mm. 
I'm very, very fortunate where I get to see not many homes of Heather Bray's age, but I get to see homes that are around the 120, 130 years old. Period homes. Period homes, period yes. Homes. And, but n- I can't think of one that has been kept like Heather Bray. Mm-hmm. They've all had at some stage someone in the 70s or 80s has put had their little. Yeah. yeah. And that. As and that's as, what it was for us as well. That's pretty mm-hmm. much why we bought it. As long it, as they don't play with mm-hmm. the bones, yep. you're good. And Brent, that's that would be a real privilege of your work is to be able to see yeah. inside homes that so many people don't uh, by mm-hmm. virtue of your work. So I think it's, it's something that doesn't really get lost on me, especially during COVID times when every bit of advice from the government was to keep people out of your home and people were still ringing me up and inviting me in. Yeah. So they were doing the the exact opposite of what they were being told to do. Mm. So in whether it's my style, whether it's not my style, I'm, I feel incredibly privileged that people are asking me to come to their space, their sanctuary, mm. and have a look at, at making it better for them. So it's, yeah, it's a wonderful part of the job. And transforming it. And as you said before, what what do you see your job as uh, I'm a, a vision, a vision translator. translator? It's true. Well, some people don't quite. They know what they they like and they can see it in their head, but sometimes getting it out can be a little bit of an issue. Mm. So that's why we go through the sample process. We'd I'd rather have a thousand conversations and do it once. Yep. Well, Brent, it it's also you know the the skill of your work is one thing, but it's also uh, very much the connection that you um, establish with people that yep. you develop with people like yeah. Julie, where you're able to guide them and support them through that process. The the designer side of things, I tend to be a little bit more. The designer gives me a brief on yep. what they want to do, mm-hmm. and then it's up to me to. But dealing with with the end customer like Julie, I think it's just. It's just it's, creativity gone wild. Hey? Yeah, and it's and sometimes you have to be dynamic, not yeah. like your silk wallpaper. Sometimes things change, yeah. and you can't get upset by that. It's things change, people change. Yeah. Let's let's just mm-hmm. go with the flow. And and Julie, for you, you and Vincent are really experienced renovators. So what I imagine you'd bring to the conversation with Brent would be a level of uh, flair, knowledge, confidence. Oh gosh. I- that's very kind of you to say. I'm not sure whether that's true. <laughs> yes, really. oh, I Having think it's seen true. you and <laughs> Vincent in motion in the house, I, I absolutely I think, see uh, that expertise and I, knowledge. I, I, I'm pretty confident going into an old home. Uh, I don't have the same level of confidence with new homes as uh, I think you personally are aware of. We're living in a new build at the moment. We thought we'd give that a try. Um I, I don't have that confidence, but with an old home, I, I, as I've extensively said, you know, um, to date, I feel like they have a soul and they speak to you. I really do. And so, um, I also believe that we're very, very lucky to have people like Brent, um, artisans, uh, like Brent and Aaron, our master plasterer and Kieran, our solid renderer. Um, around us to bounce off ideas. So I don't know how much comes from me, but I think it comes from the home and I think it comes from these artists that we uh, have the privilege of. Yeah, all it takes deal, is an you know. idea. Yeah. All it takes is an idea yeah, and true. we can go from there. And a bit and of confidence. Yeah, and, and it's a bit of, bit of workshopping. Yeah. But 
One thing that we have seen through the tours we've done at Heather Bray and all the people that Julie speaks to is this love for heritage. Yeah. This, you know, real desire for retention, restoration. To save what we have left. The nod to history. And in this case, we're talking about uh, a home that, that is over 150 years old. But that principle still applies for places that were built in the 70s or Art Deco. Yeah, oh, it, it, Art it Deco. really does. It, I think it's more about making your space better rather than searching for something else. You, Heather Bray is a perfect example of what we can do on a grand scale. Mm. It certainly is the exception, not the rule, That's the, the size that it's done on. But there's some gorgeous miners' cottages that we can oh, still yeah, I love miners' cottages. That type of thing. So everyone can can do their bit to save what we have. Uh, Heather Bray has developed a friendship with a uh, another social media um, page, uh, the Foragers Cottage. Hello, Helen. How are you <laughs> out there? Um, she has a gorgeous little cottage in the north of Victoria. Um, she has used all sorts of textures and colours in that cottage and it's so aspirational. So I think you're absolutely right in pointing that out, the little miner's cottage to, you know, and I, I've actually renovated a little tiny 23-square-metre apartment before yeah. um, which was built in the 80s. It's concrete roof and concrete floor. Um, it's amazing what you can do with a bit of paint and some, 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 you know, vision for ex- yeah, that's right. So in a in a small house like that, you put a light color on the wall so that it makes it feel more spacious. Um, you know, different textures that you can bring in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, and just because it's it's not perfectly straight or it's got its own little idiosyncrasies doesn't mean we can't do something with it. There are Waters is exceptionally fantastic at. Uh, making things perfectly imperfect. Yeah. So some of the bouncing some of the, light. Yeah. And, you're, or yeah. or just getting rid of reflecting light. Yeah. You can use different products, different places that really do calm surfaces down that just make them look gorgeous again. Mm. Brent, what are you seeing now in terms of trends and uh, the appetite of people that are using Porter's paints to transform spaces? Uh, one word, colour. Yeah, people really aren't afraid of color and anymore. And it's color. All the whites have kind of been shown. The whites have, yeah. And I think that came once again. I'm probably feel bad for bringing it up, but the COVID thing. A lot of people all of a sudden got stuck in a home that they're like, yeah, we're in white walls. All I need is a straitjacket. I know where I'd be. Mm. So if I'm going to be stuck in a home, I want to love where I live. Yeah. So now we're creating beautiful spaces to dine in. We're creating gorgeous bedrooms that are now a sanctuary, Mm. all those sorts of things. So people really are diving into colour and it's it's fantastic. Is it more of a micro focus? I've got to be careful that I don't speak on behalf of the entire (laughs) trade. But what are you seeing? What am I seeing? I'm seeing seeing beautiful deep colour, beautiful textures, in, in certain areas, people aren't afraid to. There was a there was a thing for a very long time where you must keep the same furniture in the yes, firehouse. Yes. Whereas now true, yes. people are 
they're not afraid to say, okay, well, I want this in this room. Mm. I want this in this room. Well, this, I want this. And from a design perspective, that's just about making sure that it integrates in a meaningful or sensible way. Exactly. That's where Um, a fantastic interior designer can give you mm. all those different themes Mm. that make it feel like one thing. Mm. It's like uh, in Heather Bray, um, we're keeping a neutral palette in our hallways because we're starting, um, very excited to be starting a... um, a development program for emerging Australian artists. And in those hallways, we want the art to be the feature rather than the walls. Um, but what that means for the, uh, you know, for example, the living, dining, you know, study, etc. the way that we're um, uh, keeping it as a consistent home is by through the timber. Um, how we paint the mm. timber is going to be consistent and then we'll add colour onto the walls and ceilings and different textures. So... Yeah. Sounds amazing. Brent, one thing that we're keen to understand is you've talked a lot about different types of paints and textures and applications. You've talked a little bit about uh, the mineral paint that yes. you use. I'm really interested to understand what mineral, you do with that. Mineral paint, uh, for want of a better term, is saving buildings. When you look at some of the beautiful heritage buildings in Victoria that are currently done with mineral paint. They are, we're talking Government House, we're talking the Palais Theatre, we're talking major Melbourne landmarks. Ex- exhibition buildings. Exhibition buildings. I, I think that's the only internationally listed building in building Victoria. In, yes. Or yeah. it was the first. It was either the first or the only. Yeah. And what does a mineral paint bring to the The mineral equation? paint, basically it gives... Years gone by, our our way to fix failing paint has been to scrape back and add more paint. Mm. But unfortunately, a lot of old homes, anyone that has a home that is of any sort of age knows that it has moisture problems, mm. rising damp and things like that. Mineral paint actually gets absorbed into the surface, petrifies, becomes part of the surface mm. and allows the surface to breathe. So the water can actually get out of the building. Yeah. So we don't get... Uh, concrete cancer, we don't get brick rot, anything like that. Mm. All of a sudden yeah, the surface can can breathe. It can, it can and it's gorgeous colour. Mm. It's not the cheapest thing you can do, but anything that has a 25-year guarantee on it that it won't peel flake yeah. or blister, mm. yeah. how much would you pay for that insurance? It's like my grandmother used to say, you buy cheap, you buy dear. Yes. Um, you know, do it once, do it well. And it will be more cost effective over time. All you need is a blank cementitious surface. Mm. So you need to remove all, all the old coatings. Yep. So please be careful. Which is with what that. we're doing at Heather yes. Bay, actually. <laughs> be careful with that. that. Yes. And is that a laborious process, Julie? Does that yeah, look, take some time? Well, for, we're fairly lucky in that we have probably one or two at the most coats of acrylic paint over the calcimine paint. Uh, and so we're scraping that off. Uh, with really good um, utensils uh, and then just washing down the wall. You, it literally is calcimine paint. As soon as you apply water to it, it becomes paint again. That's um, – Yeah, so it's not too bad. We 
you had the calcimine and then you also had shellac. They were common things on we timber. Haven't, we haven't found the shellac on the walls. You are We've, the luckiest lady know, in Australia. So on the timber. I didn't know shellac was found on walls. Yeah. I thought it was. On your fingernails. On your fingernails. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shellac on timber. Shellac is, thing. Yeah, mm. is basically crushed bug shells yeah. mixed with methylated spirits and yep. then put onto really? a timber. Yeah, yeah. So not a lot of will stick to it. And to reactivate it, just put a little bit of methylated spirits on it yeah. and it, it turns into shellac again. So that's something that when you hear shellac yes. and calcimine, you know, you're in for a bit of a day. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Heather Bray 1854 Talks. We really value your feedback, so please give us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you'd like to know more about our restoration journey, you can find Heather Bray 1854 on Facebook, Instagram, and at heatherbray1854.com, where you can also register for our newsletter. A big thanks to Brent Seach, our special guest, painter, decorator, and Porter's Paints Guild member. This episode has been co-produced by Julie Federa and Anne Baker. The music for Heather Bray 1854 Talks was composed and performed by Mason J. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed by our guests on this podcast are the individual views of that guest and do not necessarily represent the views, thoughts and opinions of Heather Bray 1854 Proprietary Limited or Porter's Paints. Content contained in this podcast episode is for information only and should not be relied upon. Listeners should seek their own professional advice on matters discussed.